This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we'll uncover stories, ideas, routines, and expert information to help guide you on your ever-evolving journey of good sex. We believe that through democratizing sexual wellness, we can shift cultural taboos and make way for authentic and limitless access to pleasure, joy, and connection to the body. On today's episode, I'm excited to share my conversation with Evian Whitney. A podcast host to the sexually liberated woman and self-coined sexuality doula, Evian's expertise lie in holding space for women and femme-identifying folks who are ready to step out of shame, confusion, and fear within their sexuality and into erotic empowerment, whatever that may look like. In our chat, Evian shares their own story of sexual reclamation and gives insight into how we can tune into our own sensualities and desires to have a more pleasure-filled purpose. We speak about how she's creating newfound space to maintain connectivity during these uncertain times and delve into details of Evian's beloved pleasure practice, sensual dance meditation. Let this episode serve as a guiding light toward healing, connection to the body, and limitless pleasure. Let's get started. So, Evian, thank you so much for joining me today. I am just delighted to be able to talk to you and hear all your thoughts on the work that you do and the work that you put out in the world. And so, for those who aren't familiar with what you do, I'd love for you to tell us about just who you are and what you specialize in. Yeah, well, first, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Um, My name is Evian Whitney. My pronouns are she and they. uh, And I am a sexuality doula. Um, I'm also a sex educator. And as a sexuality doula, I help educate, facilitate, give healing and mentorship to women and femmes who want to step out of sexual shame, sexual confusion, sexual dysfunction, and into sexual empowerment, sexual liberation, whatever that looks like for them. And the way that I do that is through uh, one-on-one sessions. I do like private sessions with clients. Um, I teach workshops about sensuality, about uh, embodying your sexual radiance. Um, and I also lead digital courses that go even deeper into the topics of like getting into your body and, and healing your sexuality. Um, yeah, that's, that's who I am and what I do. So. I have to backtrack here. Tell me what the conversation and your relationship to sexuality was like growing up. The answer to that is no. I have not always been like this. Uh, this this version of Evian is uh, a very, like, historically very new. Uh, I came from a pretty strict and religious back background. Um, my household was very... Um, it was strict in some parts. I don't want to say that they were super duper strict because there were certain things that we were allowed to do. But um, and when I say we, I mean me and my sister, my younger sister. But for me in particular, um, when it came to sex, when it came to sexuality, when it came to uh, being in my body, um, there are a lot of guidelines and things that I just was not allowed to do. 
And uh, I think one thing that kind of illustrates the way that I was raised and really kind of sets a framework for the way that I viewed sexuality uh, was the fact that I signed a purity contract when I was eight. And that basically, for those who don't know, because (laughs) I I always like whenever I say this, I always assume that people do know, but um, a lot of people don't, which I think is good news because maybe that means that not very many people are getting purity contracts anymore. But (laughs) a purity contract is uh, basically a contract that you sign with your church that says that you will remain a virgin until you get married so that basically you will not have sex until you get married and uh it's signed by your pastor and then um for my contract it was also signed by my parents so my dad signed it as well and so that was sort of the 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 understanding about sex sort of in a nutshell was that like sex is bad sex outside of marriage is sinful do not do it don't think about it stay far away from it and then magically when you get married all of that sexual confidence and that sexual identity and expression will magically click into place by god's grace you know and that was not the case um and i i mean i didn't even I didn't even stick to the contract. I broke that that sucker when I was like 15. But, um, but yeah, I even even though I ended up breaking that contract, even though I ended up having sex for the first time when I was 15, even though uh, my own hormones sort of overrode the the strict teachings that I was given by my my parents and my church, I still had a lot of shame. I still had a lot of fear. I still had a lot of uh, residual things, even to this day, that I'm having to to wrestle with. And that's one of the reasons why. I started doing this work. It wasn't from a place of wanting to help others. I actually started doing this work because I needed help and I wasn't able to find the resources, the people to hold space for me in that way. And so what I wanted to do was to create a safe space where I could find and heal and liberate myself as a sexual person. And in doing so, while other people witnessed that because I was very public about, you know, what I was healing from, what I was like reclaiming, what I was really curious about within my own sexual identity, folks like took notice and they wanted to know more about who I was and, and how they could also find healing and liberation within their own sexuality. And ultimately, I ended up deciding to step into those shoes of being a leader, a facilitator, a healer, and an educator. But no, I <laughs> I wish that I could say that I like I came out the womb feeling sexually autonomous, but unfortunately that's that's a pretty brand new invention. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more with you. And I think that a lot of this work that people do in this space really comes out of their own journeys and grappling with sort of the shame and the stigma and the taboos that are thrown at them, whether it's their family life, whether it's the media, whether it's at school. I really love that you took this into your own hands to really explore because there weren't the tools out there and there weren't the resources so you were going to become that and so I guess I'm curious like what what was that turning point that really led you to want to share and serve to others well I kept getting asked a lot like people kept asking me when are you going to write a book when can I attend a workshop are you taking one-on-one clients like I want to work with you and I at first I was I was like, these folks are crazy. Like at, at that time, I was under the impression that only people who had done like 10 years of research and study and going to college would be allowed to be able to lead people through 
and, and guide people into sexual liberation and, and sexual freedom. But the more that I got that question, the more that I really started playing around with the idea of like, you know, one of, one of the things that I think sets me apart from the traditional, you know, 10 years having researched and studied sex and sexuality within like a, like a college sort of situation is that like, I have, absolute like lived experience with what it feels like to be sexually disconnected like I'm not coming from it from this place of academia I'm not coming from it from a place of uh, logic and, and things like that like I have lived experience I know what it feels like to be sexually disconnected I know what it feels like to walk the world feeling completely scared and ashamed of the sexual desires or the sexual curiosities that I have and it's one of the most interesting feedback, I guess, I kind of get from my clients, which is that they had tried doing this work with other people before, therapists, sex therapists, other like re- reading books from these quote unquote experts, and they never quite got that same kind of healing and witnessing as they did when they were in my space. Because I think that because they know that I am also on this path of sexual liberation, because they know that I'm still in this process of sexual healing, there's an aspect of, of real like trust and, and intimacy, I think, that I don't think is easily accessible from that sort of pedestal of like, well, I have a degree in this, this, and this, and that's why you should listen to me. I think people are really connected to me, my work, my story, because of how human I am about it and how vulnerable I am about my own struggles. And um, I always tell my clients whenever we start working together, like, hey, I, I'm not an expert here. Like, I may be further along in my journey than you are, but I'm still learning. I'm still figuring it out. And my task for us working together is for us to walk side by side, not me in front of you, you know. And I think that is just why people are so attracted to your work and just who you are and how you radiate. And I listened to your podcast, The Sexually Liberated Woman, and one of my favorite episodes actually was, I think it was sometime last year, you made an episode called I'm Coming Out Again, where you just were explaining how you've navigated your sexuality and your queer identity. And I just could relate so much to to you and your journey and how it felt so ever evolving and that it felt so half defined, half undefined. And I think that's something that people want to hear that they want to know that there's, there's no answer here that there's really just an array of options and we're all just figuring it out. Yeah. And I think that that makes the barrier of, uh, like stepping into this work, like the barrier of entry is really low, you know, because Mm -hmm. if we come into this work thinking that, you know, we're going to be perfect and we're going to reach this sort of like pinnacle of success when it comes to sexual liberation, I mean, that might be a little overwhelming for people, you know? So I, I love that people are able to see the work that I do, see the down to earthness about it and, and also just like really resonate with my story because a lot of the reasons why I do this work is is not for other people. I do it for the younger version of myself who wasn't able to get the kind of education, the kind of space holding, the kind of like healing and just like general curiosity about her her sexuality, you know? And so I, I always think like who would I would who would I have been if I 
had the a mentor or a relative or a friend who would be able to ask the questions that I ask my clients or who could provide me with resources and books to read or who could say that like, hey, it's okay if you're questioning your your sexuality or your gender. Like, I mean, I, I think I would be a totally different person today, <laughs> you know? So every day that I do my work, it's in service of that younger person uh, who wasn't able to have access to the kind of healing, the kind of liberation that ultimately I am currently doing. And I'm curious how, because I can't help but think, you, you said something a minute ago where you said, I look for the easiest way in and Mm. I know that we're going through such a crazy global climate right now and it would be crazy for me to not mention just everything that's been going on. So I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts right now when you're feeling stuck within your own body? How do you realign and recenter and find that easiest point in to your pleasure and your liberation? Well, I mean, I really appreciate you mentioning that because, you know, it's it's important to mention even on a good day when we're not in the middle of a global pandemic, like it's still really hard to access uh, connection with our bodies. It's still really hard to slow down enough to listen to what sort of healing needs to be done in the realm of our sexuality, you know, so and everything is just so heightened right now. Um, and I think for a lot of us the ways that we cope with the craziness, the chaos, the uncertainty is is to shut off, is to cut off. Because to be in this body, to be fully present to what is going on just feels too much. And that's completely understandable. You know, um, I don't want anyone to feel like they have to force their bodies into being something or somewhere that it just cannot be because of heightened anxiety, because of fear, because they're in a, a relationship situation that doesn't give them the ability to to be in those states of being. So, yeah, I just really wanted to mention that, that like as easy as it is for me or other folks to be like, yeah, sexual liberation and freedom and healing. I mean, it's, it's it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of focus and you have to be really, really gentle with yourself. And speaking of that gentleness, I am a huge proponent of baby steps, starting small, keeping it really, really easy. Because in in my day when I was trying to figure out like, okay, so I know that I'm not having the kind of sex that I want. I know that the relationship that I have with sex and my sexuality as a whole is disconnected, it's archaic, like I'm bringing in all this old gunk from belief systems and ideas that no longer serve me. So I started to read books to try to figure out, okay, so what's the next step? And all of these books would go from like zero to a hundred. It's like, well, try these tantric sex positions, try these breathing practices, (laughs) try this double penetrating dildo, try like all of these things. And like, I, I think that those things are great and really, really fun to play with. But when it comes to like really getting to the root of what is keeping you from feeling sexually at ease, what's keeping you from feeling that sexual confidence, a tantric breathing session is not, I mean, it may, it may, it may do that. But for me, it, it was not, it was not it. And so one of the things that I've incorporated into my own work is really giving people permission to just start as slow and as easy and as gentle as possible. And for me, that always starts with the body and it always starts with pleasure, like giving yourself permission to experience pleasure, not within a sexual context, because I think for a lot of us, when we hear the word pleasure, we think sex, but there is potential for pleasure 
all around us outside of the bedroom. And we need to first begin to have a relationship with pleasure outside of the bedroom so that whenever, you know, we are in sexual land, we can bring in those aspects of pleasure there as well. So I often tell my clients to start a pleasure practice for the week. It's like one of the first assignments that I give them. And that just looks like them taking some time out throughout the day to ask themselves this very, this, this question that is asking them to be very mindful and present in the moment, which is what do I need in this moment in order for me to feel good? And that can be a question that is asked when you're at your desk. It can be a question that is asked when you are sitting on the toilet. It can be like a question that you ask when you are taking a walk, when you are in traffic, whatever, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, the importance of asking that question is to be mindful of the ways in which you can give your body comfort and you can give your body pleasure wherever you are. And it doesn't have to involve these massive grand gestures of, you know, a hundred dollar face creams and, you know, a gel manicure and a bubble bath with roses and champagne. Like it can be just as simple as, oh, what I need to feel good in this moment is to unclench my jaw. What mm. I need in this moment is to like take a deeper breath. Like I'm, I'm holding my breath. What I need in this moment is to give my hands some, some love. My hands feel dry. I want to put on some motion. And as you're doing these things, as you're unclenching your jaw, bringing more mindfulness to your breath, putting lotion on a part of your body, like you are totally present in that moment to the sensations, to the feelings, to the smells, the sights, whatever you're hearing, you're really just engaging gently with your senses to help enhance that presence, to help enhance uh, the pleasure that is ultimately available in this moment. And I believe that there is pleasure in every moment, that even when we are doing something daunting, like sitting in traffic or standing in line at the grocery store, that we have the potential to explore and experience some kind of feel good when it comes to our bodies. We just have to actively seek it. And so I like pleasure as being a a first practice to begin some curiosity about like, huh, what is there? Like if I could, if, if I could experience pleasure in this moment, what would that look like? And then, you know, everything sort of sort of flows from there. Mm, my gosh, you just said so many beautiful, juicy, <laughs> incredible insight. I could not agree more with everything that you just said. I find that a lot of the work that I do with bedside as well is to always find that easiest point into pleasure because its pleasure has been so stigmatized. Um, and you, yeah. you mentioned that it's been so confined to this definition that is so hypersexualized. And mm-hmm. I love that you brought up that we can find pleasure in the everyday. And it is truly so exciting to be able to do that. And the gift that you can give yourself to ask what you can do for yourself in that day is just how liberating is that? And it really is a gift. It is a gift that I'm sure your body has been waiting for. I mean, mm-hmm. oftentimes when I give my clients this as a practice, they first they come to me and they're like, because one of the first questions I ask is, what's your relationship with pleasure? And they're like, oh, you mean in a sexual way? And I'm like, no, just like pleasure in general. Like, what is your relationship with pleasure like on a day-to-day basis? And they're like, I don't, I don't really experience pleasure. I feel cut off from pleasure. I don't feel like I have the right to, to desire 
I don't feel like I have a right to claim what I desire. I feel really cut off. And then I give them this experience of practicing pleasure within a week. And they're like, holy crap, like I have so much potential for pleasure. And not only that, but it comes really natural for me. Like I'm able to listen to my body. I'm able to take a quick little pause and listen to what my body needs, listen to what my body wants. And sometimes if what my body needs or wants or desires in that moment isn't available, like I have learned that I can just allow it to like be and say like, whoa, thanks. I'm so glad that I have the desires that I have. I may not be able to, I don't know, take a nap if that's what it really wants, but I can feel into the desire that I have and be reminded that like, I'm alive, that my body talks to me and that I am responsible ultimately for making sure that it is kept safe, kept well and kept feeling good. Yes. And so what are you doing right now today to be more in your body? Because I know with this pandemic, it feels like everything's super topsy turvy. I find that pleasure isn't really a priority. I feel kind of guilty for it. So tell me what you're doing in this time. Mm, I'm slowing down. And I think this pandemic is is requiring all of us to slow down. But I think for me, I haven't been really giving myself that permission to actually slow down. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm still trying to busy myself and go, go, go and do, do, do. I'm really just trying to allow myself space to be. I have been in, in the process of slowing down more. I've noticed that I hold my breath a lot. And so one of the ways that I've been able to come more into my body or just bring more mindfulness about being in a body is breathing, you know, like taking conscious breaths. And sometimes they're not like deep, intentional, meditative breaths. Sometimes it's just like, oh, yes, that's right. I am breathing. I have breaths in my lungs. My heart is beating. It's very grounding to to do those exercises, not just about pleasure, but it's about bringing grounding, particularly during a time when everything feels so ungrounded, like everything feels so much in liminal space and and up in the air. So that's one thing. Another thing that I've been doing a lot too is feeding my senses. So making sure that whatever I'm eating, whatever I'm listening to, whatever is adorning my body, whatever I'm watching, uh, that it is soothing, that it makes me feel good, that it gives me joy, that it tastes delicious, that it feels nourishing to me. Prioritizing those things has been really, really important in helping me to remember that like, yes, times are insane (laughs) right now and, (laughs) and scary. And there's a lot of fear in the air and there's a lot of uncertainty, but that's not all that there is. There is still the possibility, the ability for me to experience pleasure, connection, community, nurturing, all of those things, you know? And so anything that I can do that brings engagement to my senses in a mindful way helps me to remember that like, ah, yes, like this, this pandemic, the fear, that's not everything in this moment. Like there's also this really delicious spiced chai that I've been drinking. Like it's delicious. Like I can really savor the flavors of that. There's like my adorable little doggy that I can cuddle up with. Like just being very mindful of, of what is around me has, has been really helpful. And not even just like kind of going on autopilot with that, because it's really hard to do that when things are really active and you yourself are feeling activated and things like that, like, but actually seeking those things. And that's where that question of like, what do I need in this moment to feel good? What do I need in this moment to give me a little bit of pleasure? 
that's what helps sort of activate us and and get us into a place of like, okay, so I'm going to seek it. I'm going to do whatever I can in this moment to see what is available, to see what's possible. I, I kind of just had two questions come to mind. But the first one that I'll ask you is, do you ever feel like there is a form of resistance, right, as you're as you're wanting to get into your pleasure or it comes into mind, do you ever feel held back? Oh, definitely. Definitely. My, my critical mind loves to come in and be like, well, that's not productive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't benefit society or like you right. could be doing something way more interesting or uh, something that's going to generate income or something that's going to benefit somebody else. And, uh, I, and I know that that's one of the reasons why people don't get really serious about prioritizing their pleasure or having a daily mindful practice of connecting to their bodies because they feel like it's selfish or they feel like they could be doing something else or uh, that it's hedonistic. But the one thing that I've learned both throughout like my professional life, like the work that I facilitated with my clients and also within my own practice of doing this work is that when I am pleasure centered, not only do I feel good in my own body, but it helps me to show up fully for the relationships that mean a lot to me. It helps me show up fully for the work that I do. It helps me fill my tank so that when I'm giving to others, when I am of service to others, I'm not doing it from a place of lack. I'm not doing it from a place of, of emptiness. And that's what I have had often done, which was, you know, I, I would have everyone else suck me dry. Mm. I would give, 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 give. And then by the end of the day, it's like, oh, that's right. I, I'm supposed to take care of myself, but I'm too drained to even like do anything to fill myself up. And so, you know, you go to bed, the cycle continues, right? And yes. so what I'm asking for people to think about is what does it look like to integrate, like as you are of service and holding space, particularly around these times when so many of us are being major like caretakers, nurturers, space holders for the people who are being affected by all this. Like while we are doing that deep and important work, how can we integrate that work within ourselves? Like how can we turn an eye toward ourselves and be like, okay, what, what do you need? How can I nurture you? Like what, what do you need in this moment to feel safe? And again, these things do not have to be grand gestures. They don't have to take five hours. They can just be little moments, little gestures that you give yourself to remember that, like, I'm on your team, too. Like, <laughs> you, you can't be on everybody else's team. Like, you also have to be on your team, too. And mm -hmm. again, when we are when we are on our team, when we are pleasure centered, when we are bodily connected, when we know who we are and feel really grounded in that, you're better able to show up to the work of service, of healing, of space holding for other people. That is just so, and it's such a radical thought and it's so integral. I really hope that people are, are hearing this because I can't help but even think that going past beyond this pandemic that we're really going to be changing our relationships to pleasure. I think that this is just defining completely new territory that we're going to jump into. Yeah. And we can use this time to 
lay new foundations of how we want to be in the world and not just on like a macro level like not just within the white supremacist patriarchal capitalist society that we live in but also within our our own little worlds like the relationships that we want to continue to give space and energy to i mean one of the things that i'm really really grateful for during this time of this pandemic is that i feel like i'm getting way more clear about what boundaries i need to uphold in order for me to feel safe and well within every relationship that I have. And I hope that people are thinking about those things as well. Like, I really hope that they are being uh, made aware of what relationships are draining to them, what what habits, what methods of, of self-soothing just aren't cutting it for them anymore. Uh, because right now we are literally going through a rebirth, you know? Like, we are all being asked to show up to the way that we live our lives in radically revolutionized different ways. And so um, we can use this time of, of slowing down, <laughs> of, of self-isolation against our will to like really get clear of like, oh, what, what do I want? How do I want to interact with the world? How do I want to interact with my work? What kind of relationship do I want to have with my body? And, and all of those things, those really big questions. We are being given this opportunity and this space to give some like gentle inquiry to those things. Oh, yes. And it is just been such a fun time to be able to explore that. And I've even been catching myself falling into like these crazy new routines. Even before I just got on this interview with you, I took like this super hot, steamy shower. I threw in essential oils. I lathered myself up in this amazing lotion I just got. And I just... I was like, I'm really preparing and getting myself into the mindset of not only my body, but the work and the way that I want to serve other people. And so it's been so yeah. it's been such a blast to discover that and reclaim that in spaces where I would have never done that. Like my pace in New York City is outrageous and I'm starting to really come to terms with how how crazy it is to really be putting so many other people in front of me and now seeing on the reverse this forced isolation this forced time with myself and really feeling where I've ignored spaces that once I've put attention to them I see them flourish I know we're talking big talk (laughs) what if someone is there listening they're saying Evian I am so I admire so much your work and where you're at. But where do I just get started today to become a little bit more sensual? Do you have any tools or advice that you can give someone who just wants to find the pleasure in the everyday a little bit more? Yeah, um, well, definitely asking yourself that question, what do I need in this moment to feel good is really, really important. I would recommend and anyone can ask this question in their own words. Maybe it's not pleasure, maybe it is feel good, maybe it is sensual, whatever that is, what can I do in this moment? What do I need in this moment? What does my body want in this moment in order for it to feel good, pleasurable, secure, grounded, sexy, whatever? Uh, Write that on a post-it note, put it in a place where you can see it. You're probably stuck at home, so (laughs) make sure (laughs) that you have it in multiple places that you can like put your eyes on throughout the day. Um, I also have recommended that people put it as like a background on their phone or their computer just to remind remind them um, and then and then practice it, you know, uh, check in with your body, take a deep breath and ask that question and see what comes up. See what your body is 
is wanting from you because our bodies are always talking to us. Our bodies want us to listen to the messages that it's giving us. And so we just need to find time to slow down and also the discipline to be able to ask that question and listen. That would be my first, my first suggestion in terms of starting. Um, when it comes to other ways of connecting to your body and just giving yourself some, some love and pleasure, we were talking about this right before we hit record, but I've been doing these sensual dance meditation classes on Instagram live throughout pretty much the duration of this forced, you know, lockdown that we're all on. And um, those have been really, really incredible ways for me to connect to my body uh, and for me to give my my body some movement. I say in every class, like, if you're like me, you have been pretty stagnant and stiff, like you've been sitting down a lot, maybe watching a lot of Netflix. And so, like, getting up to dance while also having that intention of, I am going to give myself this this moment of dancing to connect to my body, to feel joy again, to feel alive again, has been really, really powerful. For those who won't be able to catch a live or just want to try it right now, maybe like after they listen to this conversation, it's very simple. What you're going to do is you're going to put on a song that doesn't fail to get you moving in some capacity and you're going to dance to it. You're going to let your body move the way that it wants to move. And while it's moving, you're going to be staying connected as much as you can to your breath, just being mindful of your breath, not so much like forcing it in and out, but just kind of bringing some gentle awareness of, ah, yes, I am breathing. There is air in my lungs. And then while you're dancing, um, just gently noticing without judgment any thoughts, feelings, emotions, sensations that come up in your body as you are dancing. And again, as I said before, our bodies give us messages all the time and they want us to listen. And what I found through sensual dance meditation is that the dancing kind of tricks my brain into thinking that like, oh, we're active, we're doing something. But it also <laughs> allows my brain to kind of fade into the background a bit and put some focus into the way my body is moving. So that the thoughts, the feelings, the unresolved grief, or even just the reclamation of joy that I want to invite in can surface and I can give space to it. So yeah, I would, I would highly recommend that uh, because it's been huge for me, particularly in, in these times when I'm cooped up in my house, like anytime that I can have a dance party, like an intentional dance party where I am doing that dancing to connect to myself. It's like, it's so good. So, so good. And those classes are just they're amazing. It, it makes everyone feel just so welcomed and so accepted. And I think that's everything you're teaching, that your pleasure is welcomed and accepted no matter what yes. context it is in. And your your right. sadness and your grief is accepted no matter where you are. And, and I love the normality that you and the humanity that you bring all of this. So I am curious. I always ask my guests this question because I think that we learn best from other people's experiences and their routines and just how they stay well. So what does your bedside routine look like? Maybe you can even speak to it in this current time. How do you, how are you staying sexually well? Oh, um, well, one of the things that I've been doing a lot, actually, I, I feel very proud that it's one of the rituals that I stuck to pretty religiously since all of this started was uh, taking a, a shower at the end of the day. 
And not necessarily for the intention to clean off the like literal dirt or, or funk that's on my body, but more so to like cleanse away any emotional, uh, spiritual, energetic uh, gunk that is on my body. So as someone who is taking in a lot of information right now, having a lot of hard conversations with people, uh, witnessing other people's vulnerabilities and even holding some of their some of their fears and anxieties, it's so important that like I do some kind of practice where it's like, okay, all of that stuff that I've accumulated over the day, I'm rinsing it off. I'm washing it off. What is not mine does not need to be on me. What does not serve should not be on my body. Like I'm wiping the slate clean and I'm reclaiming my body as mine. Um, those are called spiritual baths. Uh, it's basically just a, a bath, a shower, a spritz that you put on, on your face or your hands that you have this intention of like, um, you're not just like, Oh, putting some spritz on your face, but it's like, as I'm doing this, I'm, I'm cleansing myself of what doesn't serve. I'm getting rid of any bad energy, anything negative, anything that maybe may hold me back from, you know, me greeting the day the next day. Um, so that's been really good for me. Oftentimes when I go in, I'm not even washing myself with soap because maybe I've already taken a shower that day. But for me, like it, it just, it means a lot to be able to take this particular bath or this particular shower with the sole purpose of like cleansing myself and having time for myself to just, to just be, you know, mm. um, and then let's see, I've been doing a lot of tarot readings. <laughs> That's another thing that I've been doing each day is uh, I start the day with, you know, talking to my ancestors, lighting a candle, um, giving them an offering, and then also, um, you know, pulling some cards because my, my ancestors and, and guardian angels, they like to speak to me through, through the cards that I pull. So that's been really good. Just being really grounded in my spiritual practices, being reminded that like, the people who came before me have gone through way worse things and that they still survived. They still found a way to thrive and um, otherwise I would not be here. So just really rooting into those truths is really helpful for me during a time when it's like, Oh my God, the sky is falling and we're never going to be okay. It's like, no, this is, this is like been there, done that, you know? Um, and I can call on the strength and the tenacity and the resilience of the folks who've come before me to help guide me uh, through these treacherous waters. Um, and then on a more like superficial sexual, like I've been masturbating a lot. (laughs) It's just like, you know, I want, I want sexual intimacy with others. I'm not able to have that right now. And so I have to prioritize the sexual relationship that I have with myself. And it's actually really beautiful because it's allowing me to access that relationship in in new ways. You know, no longer am I just like, all right, I'm just going to do something really quick. It's like, what would it be like to take my own self as a lover? you know, and to just be very deliberate and sensual with myself and to incorporate some foreplay, try some new positions. So that's been really fun for me to just bring some lightness and some playful sexual exploration into the solo sex that I'm having with myself. I also, as you were saying that you were into tarot, I was thinking, I'm just reminded, I think there's going to be a super moon tonight. There is. There is indeed. I think it's... Do you have any plans? I Well, so I was reading somewhere that, and I could be totally wrong, but I was reading somewhere that it's going to be 
like a Libra. I'm not super tarot-y, but I know it's going to bring in some like Libra energy, I hear. Yeah. And so I am a Libra myself. And you love Libras. (laughs) (laughs) What are you? Great. I'm a Virgo. Oh my gosh. Of course you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm. I usually, so I'm, I'm not in my home home, so I don't have all of my, I usually like to smudge and sage when there are new moons, but I definitely want to take some time. I think I'm going to go outside and just like really observe it and take a nice nature walk. And you're reminding me not to forget this super moon because I think just tapping into nature, that's, that's one of my big like routines is just Mm -hmm. so important to look at something greater and larger than yourself, especially in this craziness yes yes I've I've been really kind of um I mean I've always been pretty pretty into the cycles of the moon but in these times in particular just the moon cycles the full moon the new moon is like I don't know there's something about it that is just very very grounding it's like remembering that like ah yes the the cycles continue like we are cycling through this eventually all this is going to end and Mm -hmm. I can use whatever is happening astrologically to you know remind me of that you know um so yeah I I don't know what I'm gonna do for the for the full moon today actually I mean I might I'll probably like take a bath or something like that but I think more than anything, I just really want to eat some really good food. So I think that's what I'm going to do to nourish myself. Oh, my gosh. I am about to eat dinner soon, and I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the one thing that I will say about this global pandemic. I've been able to eat really, really good. I'm very glad that I've yes. been very mindful about whatever I'm eating. And even if it's, like, not gourmet meals, like, I bought some sour cream and cheddar cheese chips the other day, and... They're just absolute junk food, but oh my God, my body is like, yes, I love this. I love that. Oh my gosh. I've, I've found myself making time to make lunch, which is something that I never do. Lunch is so autopilot for me. And I like, I'm like, "Mm, what am I going to make? Let's look in the fridge. We're going to mix some leftovers. What are we going to do here? So yeah, it's been, it's been interesting, but it's been so revealing and Yes. Just I I'm I'm really understanding so many parts of myself in such deeper contexts and I can't help but think of how beautiful this is going to just become. I mean, it has to be beautiful, right? I mean, we can't be going through this this tower moment uh and in reference to tarot, we can't be going through this tower moment for nothing, you know? So I have to hold on to the belief that not only are we going to get through this, not only do we all in some way, shape or form have the resiliency and the capacity and strength to like show up fully for this, but it's all going to end, you know, it's all temporary. Evian, this has just been such an incredible conversation. I would love to have you tell us where we can connect with you and if there's anything to look forward to that's coming up. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to talk to you (laughs) as we both self-isolate and like try to figure out what our lives are now that we are constantly at home. Um, (laughs) So yeah, the best ways for people to find me are on my website, evianwhitney.com. That's where you can find more about me, the work that I do. You can also find a link to my podcast, The Sexually Liberated Woman on that website. I highly recommend if 
folks really want to get to know me that they check out the podcast because there's so many great episodes on there and I talk very openly and candidly about my own journey and I even have like some conversations that I've had with previous clients of mine where they so courageously and graciously share their own journey with with the world um so yeah the sexually liberated woman is a good place to start too also on my website uh because i do teach you know workshops courses there's some stuff on there too if people just want some 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 guidance and some support as they are you know walking through because it's sometimes it's good to have like these little things like okay i can do this i can do that but other times people just want to be guided they want to have that space held for them because they don't really know where to start. So my courses and guides are also a really great resource. And then, of course, I am always on Instagram uh, at me, and that's where people can find more information about what's coming up for me. And um, I'm actually in the process. I haven't announced this publicly yet, but I'm in the process of creating a new sensual dance meditation offering um, for folks to to engage in on their own um, and off of Instagram. Because as much as I love Instagram, it's a little oppressive in the way that they they do their things. The last class that I taught, I actually got cut off because the music that I was playing was not allowed. It was copyright infringement. So, no way. Um, I, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I was like right in the middle and like I got this weird pop up that was like you're playing music or something like that that is not allowed and then it just shut off my life. So I want to find ways to continue to do this work and to hold this space without being uh, held back or stifled. So yeah, I'm, I'm in the process of figuring out ways that I can continue to guide folks through that work without having to fear that Instagram's going to take me down. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, Instagram is a great place for me to, for other people to figure out how I'm getting out of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been such a treat. I just wish you such pleasure and joy as we go through this and as we move through this. Yeah, thank you so much. And I wish I wish the same for you. I hope that you're able to find moments of ease and pleasure throughout this entire crazy experience. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Bedside Podcast. If you liked this episode and want to follow along with similar stories and interviews, be sure to check out our Instagram at The Bedside and thebedside.co online. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, share with your friends. It's the best way you can support us and our good sex mission. Thank you for listening.